single ladies, all the 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 single ladies. Put your hands up, um, up in the club. Some go up. Something about a little thing. Welcome to the Up for Discussion <laughs> podcast, the only show on the internet where we talk about the things we talk about in the order that we talk about them. I am back. <laughs> <laughs> and I am front. And I'm Tim. Hi, how's it going? Guys, it's episode 99. Do you know what, what that means? Nine, nine. Number it's, nine? It's, it's, it's a 180 degrees from being the best number. What? Now I'm confused. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Together. Take, take some time to think about it. Just... 66? Do it to only half of those. What? Half of those two numbers. 96. Yes. That's Mix the best number. 96 Luft Balloons. <laughs> Guys, we've got a guest in studio today. Uh, you might have seen him on the most recent Tom Scott video. Yeah. <laughs> Will it still be the most recent when this comes out in the morning? When, when yeah, does probably. This come out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Still um, until next Monday, April 4th or oh, something. Yeah. When's this coming out? In like 12 hours. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Uh, he's a local from Montreal. A new YouTuber up on the scene. You've seen his videos at Play the Mind. Mm-hmm. You may have seen him on YouTube. Mm. Guys, you've seen him on YouTube. <laughs> <Come> <laughs> <up next>. <laughs> <laughs> you might have even seen me in person. Hey, Whoa. It's Alex Tuliatos. Did I pronounce that right? Well, yeah. Beautiful. How, how does Nailed it pronounced? It. Tuliatos. Tuliatos. Very, yeah. Is that very Greek? Musical. It of course is. it's Greek. Yeah. Of course it's Greek. My parents gave it to me and I had to take it. Your That's fair. gave you your last name? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A, I had like a, a choice, you know, like uh, they gave me like Tuliatos, they gave me like uh, Papadopoulos and stuff. Like, and I said, you know, the T one is the good one. <laughs> They're yeah. like, you could go with Smith or you could have Tuliatos. Yeah. You know, some yeah. people are born Greek and other people have Greekness thrust upon them. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Alexander the Greek said that, didn't he? Yeah, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. How are you doing today, Alex? Doing great. It's a very, very special day today. Doing mm. Greek. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I ate pizza, so it became like a bit oh. like a, an Italian hybrid oh. kind of thing. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Sweet. Can I ask you your opinion on something as a Greek YouTuber? Go ahead. Are you as annoyed by the Oikos ads as I am? No, no. I I, I like oikos, yeah. <laughs> which which is actually pronounced ikos. Exactly. Ikos. Oh, weird. <laughs> Tell that to whoever made yeah. those ads. I don't know. It's like it's like what is it? The the the, the, the population they call them oipoloi. I think oipoloi. it's it's it's, it's like that a, sounds it's Yiddish. On, it, it it does. Yeah. Oipoloi. It does. Oipoloi. <laughs> it's like oivei. <laughs> no, but oipoloi. It means like the 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 the, the, the masses or the the large population or something mm-hmm. but is it Ipoli. 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 that makes so that sounds so much more like languages mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Ipoli. a thing like Ipoli. a way that people yeah. would actually talk Ipoli. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it always drives me nuts yeah. like in church yeah. so everyone who like becomes a pastor or studies theology for any amount of yeah. time also takes like hebrew and greek classes but they always <laughs> take it like it's always like classical greek where it's yeah. pronounced wrong Mm-hmm. By today's standards, yeah. I mean. So, so they'll be giving sermons and they'll be talking about you know things and they'll say words in Greek and they'll pronounce them weird. And I'm always like, you know, mm-hmm. 
Doesn't all have to be classic. I didn't. I didn't know you uh, were fluent in Greek, Tom. I'm not. I took Greek 101 at Dawson College about oh. five years ago, and <laughs> it was enough for me to know how to phonetically read Greek. That's fair. <laughs> I I did that once with uh, Russian because I was bored, and uh, I I was taking a, like I was in high school, and there were like in in our history class there were a bunch of posters from like communist Russia. Naturally, and yeah. Why not? Yeah. It's better than in the you know arts and crafts class. Um, there were still <laughs> communist posters in that class. But yeah, but that was for different reasons. They were student made. Yeah, um, but I like they, so they all had like Russian writing on them, and I and I was like, oh, I wonder if I could like decipher it. And one of them, I was like, oh, that that word's probably communism. And then from there, I just <laughs> a good guess. It, it looked it, like it that had, was your Rosetta Stone. <laughs> it was like K O M M, and then a bunch of other letters I didn't recognize. And I was like, that lo- that's probably uh, that's a safe bet. That's a safe bet. And then it like turned out it, the word was pizza. Yeah, yeah. It was a pizza ad. Actually, it had nothing to do with uh, you know Soviet mm. Russia. Yeah. How much of ancient Greek is still like still survives in modern Greek? Like, is there any overlap? As much as Latin has survived in French, right? Yeah, that's pro- uh, that's a pretty good yeah. Relation, that's I a guess. good analogy. I, I, yeah. I think that's what it is. I think phonetically, there's a bit less of a transformation than Latin because of the nasalizations in French. When you have like o, which but I, not o, but oh. that's an exact exactly. Why? What? Then apparently there wasn't that in Latin. <laughs> we don't know because there haven't been any vinyl re- records <laughs> <laughs> from Latin. They had MP3s, but um, <laughs> they were all on Zooms, and so they they were just all lost, lost to history. Yeah, <laughs> they had waveform <laughs> carvings in their pants <laughs> and such. Yeah. yeah. So has has have no like Roman writers written about how their language was pronounced? Like, like I feel like the Romans were so smart that. There must have been at least mm. one person who thought to who must have thought to write. This is what we sound like. It's possible. Mm. Like I know people have found documents like that for how Shakespeare mm. talked. But yeah, I yeah. don't actually. Yeah, I don't know. The yeah. Globe. The Globe once put on a production of uh, the, the Globe being the recreation of yeah. Shakespeare's original theater. Okay. Um, in London, uh, they did a a production of uh, Romeo and Juliet with like all the actors speaking the dialect that would have been spoken at the time by the actors. It is very interesting. It sounds a lot better. It, I feel it's, like I it's another one of those things. It's like oi polloi. Like when you when you hear it the way that Shakespeare would have said it, it's like, oh, that doesn't sound yeah. like strange and um, impossible to say. It sounds yeah. like someone would actually talk. Yeah, like one one thing that, that uh, was notable is that there, there's a lot of um, rhymes that don't make sense when you pronounce them the way that you would pronounce them today. Uh-huh. Like in a number of times he tries, he rhymes love and prove. And it's because at the time they were love and prove, uh-huh. right? And so it, yeah. it then I I heard a case for Latin that there's there's some clues to pronunciation like that where you'll have an entire poem that rhymes except two lines, and you go well probably it's because the pronunciation was off and somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. fair enough. Well, we're gonna have to listen to some people rap in Latin. That would be <laughs> yeah. that would be very interesting. The lappers, yeah. exactly. There's a lot of Latin rappers, but they mostly rap in Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> so, Alex, tell us about your YouTube channel that's currently blowing up. Oh, yeah. Today's the day. Yeah, let's put it this way. I make videos on music and acoustics, and I throw in as many associated subjects as possible without straying too much away from the main topic. Mm. That's pretty much it. Sweet. Cool. Yeah. So it's like music theory, history... Anything you can think of music and more. Listen, 
you can even fit like the color of the sky and you associate it somehow with music and it's mm. possible how are you going to do that with, with radio waves or something i don't know Oh, so there you go. You're you're gonna yeah. you're gonna touch that yeah. spectrums and human exactly, perception. And exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So you're really just not straying off too much. But yeah, because I, I notice that if I stay on one single topic and I delve in it as deep as I want to, you lose people's attention. Right. Yeah. Because you care more about the details than a person who's never encountered it before. You said it. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be like a small niche of people who are like, yeah, yeah, it's exactly. It, tell it. That's but then it. most of the people just get lost. <laughs> I like this guy. He tells it like it is. <laughs> Preach those thirds and fifths. Yeah. The... But there are some good channels yeah. which go like really mm, in-depth in theory, but you said it. They go, they're very niche. Mm, yeah. Mm. Which isn't bad, but mm. that's not what I'm going for. Yeah. Fair. So you're you're like, you're kind of like a pop science channel, but you're a music channel. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So exactly. you're like a pop music channel. But you're yeah. not a pop music yeah. and <laughs> channel. What's, oh, no, no, no. But, but listen. And you're a popular music channel. <laughs> ah, not yet, a popular yet to be. Yet, yet, yeah, exactly. Yet to become even more popular. Yeah. But it has to go also with my own preferences because, sure, I do have, like, my official background is in classical training, okay? Mm. Um, no, I didn't go to any, like, conservatory. But the things I really like about music are its details. It's a bit like a person who likes physics and likes studying like the particles. And music, it's all that has to do with chord progressions and all of that. Mm-hmm. But what I listen to isn't only classical. There's only, I mean, there's Daft Punk that I'm going to listen to or The Weeknd or, nice. I don't know, Katy Perry, not Nicki Minaj. No, but, oh, yeah, oh. Tom's, Tom's shocked. Yeah. Yeah, I know. All right. yeah, I know. How come? Is that controversy? Let's let's open up the box. Let's open Pandora's box, as it were. Let's Nicki open Minaj's. Up. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, let's get deep let's, into Nikki's box. Let's. <laughs> I don't want to anymore. No. <laughs> That's fair though. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm gonna have to have someone convince me that her music is. Hmm. Not as aggressive as I think it is. So. My all right. Here's here's a point in favor of yeah. Nicki Minaj. See, uh, she has several songs where at various points she raps about pasta, which is a thing that I appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. No, uh, I think I think with Nicki, yeah, you need to see her as playing a character, right? Mm. Okay, first and foremost. So it's kind uh-huh. of a performance kind of thing. Uh-huh. Uh, at which point. I find her just really entertaining. Okay. I don't necessarily enjoy her music, but I love to watch her videos. So I would watch her be that character. Yeah, I love watching yeah. Nicki Minaj music videos more than I love actually listening to the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's something really entertaining about the the character that she plays. Very uh, good point. Because like, I used to have a conflicting opinion towards um, Marilyn Manson okay. until I realized uh, yeah. that it's it's, it's a yeah. character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, Marilyn Manson's actually pretty soft spoken and like deep yeah. thinking in interviews. Yeah. He's like, yeah, like Frank Zappa was the same way too. He's this like incredibly smart guy. Mm-hmm. But then he'd go off and make these, <clears throat> you know, write these songs that were just very aggressive and seemed kind of really dumb. But yeah. I remember like watching an interview with him where he was just this super well read, like intellectual guy who mm-hmm. made all these great cases where he like defended like. You know the his choices for his songs and like other artists and other musical artists, especially like when people would confront him about, um, 
you know, quote unquote provocative content in his music, he'd like, go, no, 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 listen. And then he'd like make this really, really solid. Case. I can't think of, of what he said, but like, it was definitely very interesting to, to mm-hmm. watch that. But mm-hmm. the interesting thing about Nicki Minaj is that I don't think she, like, she doesn't do that. She doesn't really step out of her character and then like write essays about what it's about. No. Unless, I mean, I haven't looked at her Twitter page recently, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> no, but it's definitely like, you know, even if, even if it's driven from her real personality, mm-hmm. there's a character that she's putting on, right? Oh, she is very like colorful. She's a, yeah, like Literally. she's an amazing performer. Yeah, mm-hmm. whether her music makeup. is, you know, yeah, great or not is another story, right? But I think Gaga does that well. Gaga's an amazing performer who also makes good music and is like mm-hmm. just genuinely a talented human being. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the other the yeah. other thing with a pop- not that Nicki Minaj is not, but just that. Like Lady Gaga, you can be very surprised at how talented she is. Like when you see her live. Well, mm-hmm. M- Nicki Minaj's piece of the puzzle in like her like because because you can think of Nicki Minaj as a person, but you can also think of her kind of as a project where there's like you know hundreds of people collaborating mm-hmm. on this thing that is the Nicki Minaj phenomenon, right? Right. And I think for Lady Gaga, more of her you know the person's input is actually like the music and stuff, whereas for rap, that's mostly the producer. Mm-hmm. Or the you know the yeah, right. various musicians that are collaborating with her, and she's like the lyrical friend, right? Because Nicki right. Minaj writes most of her own stuff, I would presume. I I, don't, I mean, I used to think Drake wrote most of his own stuff, and now I'm very <laughs> disillusioned. Turns out he does not. Yeah. Well, so. I, I don't know if Drake is a great example for what's <laughs> common in rap, though. <laughs> What was it? Yeah. Recently, I saw like um, the lyrics for a Beyonce song, and it was like six authors, six co-authors. Mm. None mm. of them were Beyonce, uh. but that's not the issue. The mm-hmm. point is that six people for writing a song, and the lyrics are kind of simplistic. Uh, I'm not mm. being judgmental about them, but I mean, you'd expect a certain level of complexity in the mm. vocabulary and the grammar and all that. But well, it depends what again, they're going for. Exactly. Yeah. That's the, <laughs> yeah. the next and point. It, like, you know, it. it, it it could be like so simple that it took yeah. a lot of people to like boil down everything yeah. they wanted to say into these like yeah. eight or six words. Eight girls or six, apparently. who run the world. <laughs> girls who run the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there's an there's an art yeah. to getting in people's heads and yeah. sticking there. And I yeah. think it's like what you were saying about your videos. You can't yeah. get too caught up in like uh, yes. technical details. Yeah. You need to be this like universal yeah. archetype so that everybody can go, oh, ah, yeah. yes, I want to be that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for all you know, maybe the song was originally, fellow women, are you all aware of who it is that is in charge of running this whole thing that we call the world? And then someone, a couple of people are like, no, 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 maybe just girls who run the world. And then they're like, oh, no, you know what, that's a good job. Ladies, yeah. I declare to you today, <laughs> <laughs> it is we who are in charge. It's like, all right, you still get co-author credit, but we're changing this. <laughs> I will never acquiesce. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, I had kind of a... A, like a really cool realization lately when I started to get into Bonnie Vare. And I know, Tom, you're probably tired of hearing me talk about Bonnie Vare. You've only talked to me about them once this week. Yeah. And you haven't done it on the podcast. <laughs> that's I think. true. Yeah. You're I, in the I clear. guess that's true. <laughs> Good. Uh, just, I don't know. So I, I just finished a play and um, like my prepping process involved mm-hmm. me just like listening to, to him. And so I like, he is like Justin Vernon is like just one dude. His first album was just him. He had mono and he was in his dad's cabin in Minnesota and he wrote, what is now um Forema Forever right. Ago? Yeah. And uh but like he's he's never studied music and yet like all his all his music is super, super interesting. Like he has this one song called Woods, where it's it's just a, a like a little four line stanza 
that he he sings it once. And it's like really heavily auto-tuned, but like made to sound that way. And then when he repeats it, he adds another voice that harmonizes and then repeats it, adds another voice that harmonizes until by the end there's like 30 voices. Is that the Whoa. one that Kanye sampled? Yes. yes. Yeah, I like that one. In the so and <laughs> at some point he sort of he, he, I think he does like either a vocoding thing or like a, a crazy auto harmonizer thing with it as well, kind of like mm-hmm. uh, hide and seek by Imogen Heap. It's that kind of effect mm-hmm. that goes on it too. So it's just this like wall of uh-huh. voice. It's so so impressive. Really and like pretty. he he perform he uh, wrote a song for a movie that Zach Braff wrote uh-huh. and produced. It's called, it's called the, uh, Heavenly Father. The song is. I think the movie was. Um, for some reason, Bonnie Vare does feel like the perfect thing for that. <laughs> <laughs> they, they fit exactly yeah. the same niche. Yeah. But he, um, uh, yeah, Bonnie Vare performed uh, that song at the Sydney Opera House with like five or six other performers, totally a cappella. Yes. Yeah. And it's phenomenal. Let's cut to a clip. Phenomenal cosmic powers. It wasn't that great. What a great, <laughs> <sound>. <laughs> what a great sound bite. What a great, what a great bit. But I don't know. I've just been continually impressed at how like i don't know just all the layers behind what it is that he's doing and how he Uh produces it and then it's i don't know at at what point it is just him now but it is very there's just something super cool and super um impressive about how just intuitive it is you know and i'm sure now he's built a sense for it but he like Uh in a colbert interview said like that he's not ready to study music Uh (laughs) (laughs) like i haven't got out yeah like i think i think he studied religious studies or something He's like the Michel Gondry of music. I Michel forget who Gondry. Michel Gondry is. The guy who directed, he was more active like in the early 2000s, mm. but he still makes video clips. Probably is very impressive because he uses mm. the technology at hand, but he always uses it as minimally and cleverly as possible. Yeah. Like superimposing images mm. or like projecting. You film a scene, I think it's a video clip by the White Stripes, Dead Leaves and the Dirty Ground, I think. You film something within a room and then you project from the same angle that the camera was when it filmed it and you project the image within the room. So you see the people who act the scene being projected on the walls, but they're all like distorted. Interesting. The idea is so simple, but hey, it's incredibly interesting Uh and entertaining. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. Mm Mm-hmm. You're going to have to try it. I think you can do it with your phone. I bet you could. <laughs> I bet you could. <laughs> <laughs> look, look that up and steal it for a YouTube what video it, yeah. like everything else in What life. was the name of it again? <laughs> the clip is... Mm, what, what did he say? Dead Leaves and the Dirty Ground. I think that's what it is. Maybe I'm mm-hmm. like one one word off or something. Mm. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. And the guy's name is Michel Gondry? Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Michel uh, yeah. Gondry. Michelle it's Gondry. funny when I hear the name Michelle in English, I yeah. I know it's a woman. Yeah, I guess in French it could be either or, mm. but I always assume in French that it's a man. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like Marian in Polish. Mm. Marian. Yeah, it's like Marianne, Marianne, Marian. No, it's it's it's, it's a guy's yeah. name. That's true. Are there yeah. many any women named Michelle in French? Because all the French, oh, for sure. Mich- oh, all yeah. French Michelles yeah, yeah. I know. Michelle are, Obama. Are guys. Oh, <laughs> but she's not but she's French. Not French. <laughs> <laughs> she's not French. <laughs> Um, or is she? I, <laughs> I want to see the birth certificate. There must be. <laughs> I, I can't think of it. I can't think of any right now, but they're definitely. I mean, Michelle Richard. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, mm. That's one of them. Mm. Yeah. You could have just made someone up and we would have believed that. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely someone named Michelle Richard. You, you sounded so confident. Yeah. Michel Richard. Yeah. Michel yeah. Lefebvre. Michel Gondry. Michel yeah. Garnier. <laughs> there you go. Michel Roy. 
Yeah. <laughs> Are these real people? I'm really confused. I, for sure. Definitely for sure. There I don't are. Know them, but yeah. <laughs> more than one per, more, more than one oh, person dear. has that name. Definitely. Hmm. They're all very common names. It's like so, John Richardson. Hmm. So Alex, when you when yeah. you started out in music, did you start out from a more like intuitive sense, like the Bonnie Vera style, or was it? Did you start out more? Are you Bonnie Vera? I think is, I think is what we're asking. What we're getting to? It's are not you Bonnie what Bear? I'm asking. But <laughs> are you Justin <laughs> Roiland, the front man of Bonnie Vera? <laughs> Vernon, I'm I'm, I'm, the, I'm the man who pull, I'm the man who pulls the strings. Nice. <laughs> now how it started? Uh, my sister, who sang opera singing uh, she went into whatever Cégep Saint Laurent and she started studying music officially and she brought back home cassettes and stuff like that for music education and history and I was listening to them over and over again Cégep Saint Laurent still uses cassettes that's impressive <laughs> <laughs> they do they want to have like an edge you know like yeah. we're different from the I mean others. cassette types are making their way into the hipster culture of course they yeah. are as hipsters get younger <laughs> yeah like yeah. um, it makes it me sad. Walkman having a Walkman yeah, with yeah. a snap, snap, snap the the, the, the buttons of them. Uh. Nothing like that snap. <laughs> Nothing like this. Do it, do it for the snap. So your sister was studying cassettes. It, she was. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was studying the cassettes more than she was. Uh, but uh, yeah, some of the pieces on them were like breathtakingly interesting and so diverse. And I said, I have to get into that. And. Two years later, we got our piano, and I started learning the piano with lessons. But, yeah, at one point, I started wondering why am I learning all this stuff, and I got a bit more curious about the theory behind it. It mm. was about the same time that I started getting curious about physics and mathematics okay. in high school. So I, I think it all came in one wave of brain activity that just woke up. Mm. So this is like teenage you suddenly exactly. getting to the point where you wonder why about everything. Yes. Okay. I was 15 or 16, I think. 16. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It had to be done. And my grades were getting better in mathematics. Mm. Hey, I mean, <clears throat> yeah. they say music is math. Eh, it's not that accurate, but there is a certain parallel between it because there's structure and structure. Yeah. Mm. But like how much of how much of what makes something sound a specific way is quantifiable like when you when you say like okay this this tritone substitution sounds mm -hmm. interesting but like hmm. what makes it interesting a very very interesting topic you're, you're bringing up i think i once made a spaghetti sauce of tritone substitution that sounds delicious right? <laughs> For, I, that, that's what vegans eat right i think tritone <laughs> substitution was ursula's original plan but then ariel came along <laughs> oh dear uh. Tritone and the Substitutions. That'd be my band name. <laughs> not bad, but you'll get a lot of jazz people mad at you if you don't if you don't actually use Tritone Substitutions that's in all, every that's song. All that's all I do. That's all I do is Tritone Substitutions. All I really do is get jazz people mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> all I do is win, win, win. No matter yeah. what. But for quantifying music... Well, you know what? Listen, there's 12, 12, 12 keys in an octave, right? Mm -hmm. um, well, there you go. We, we've made quantum music. I thought there were eight. <laughs> I'm I I'm so like music so, theory is one of the things that uh, I is yeah I know nothing. So but the, but even the twelve includes so the twelve includes like sharps and flats. Oh, uh, well, but even there being 12, 12 tones. I get it. I get it. 
I get it. Twelve tones in an octave is just kind of an arbitrary accident of math, anyways. Like, yeah. Yeah. Eastern music has like quarter. You're tones. an arbitrary accident of math. It's just because twelve, <laughs> like dividing. I totally thought we weren't <laughs> <laughs> dividing an octave into into twelve like equal tempered tunings happens <laughs> to correspond with a lot of like you know it's like like a, f- a fifth in an equal tempered tuning is almost an actual fifth, yeah, but yeah, not yeah. quite. And then yeah. a third is almost an actual third. And you then know, it, you know the, how I see yeah. it. You know how I see it. It's a bit like when you blend colors in the visual spectrum, mm. uh, and you have like visual uh, what's it called, like um, optical illusions, uh, yeah. and you actually have to compensate for one color so it can look identical to what it does yeah. when it's in front of another color. Hmm. Yeah, but it's not the identical color, but you have to modify it because our perception is so that boggles my flawed. mind. Yeah, that's so, <laughs> it's like that that one uh, optical illusion where you've got like um. Uh, like checkerboard yeah. and then there's a cylinder on it Bingo. and there's a shadow yeah. that's cast by the cylinder yeah. and in the shadow the light square is the yeah. exact same color as the dark square in the light there you go but because of the yeah. Sun, yeah it's so cool yeah mm. it is so cool you've you've probably you've seen it on youtube mm-hmm. the, the optical <laughs> with the dark square and yeah. the light square and optical illusions the fifth one will blow <laughs> <the line. laughs> oh i must click must click i had that moment the other day where i was wondering if i was seeing an optical illusion or not mm. because the table the little coffee table in our living room i thought briefly might be the same color as the wall mm. and i thought why do i think this why am i why have i never thought this before and i realized it was because i was looking at it and there was a couch in between the two, and so I couldn't uh, see them right next to each other. And so I actually like got down on my knees and like <laughs> looked at an angle and realized I was yeah. wrong. Got yeah. down on your knees, prayed to the table to reveal its true color to you. And then it turned blue. Whoa. Yeah. Like the genie in Aladdin. Just like the genie in Aladdin. Phenomenal cosmic powers. <laughs> Guys, it's time for us to go. We're in the middle of a... Guys, we're, we're right in the middle of a financial crisis right now. Oh, what? snap. What? Uh, why? I don't know why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. But we, we are in the middle of our show, uh, which wow. uh, I think is true if my math was right. <laughs> but it also might not be. But I'm going to It may the, be an arbitrary accident of math. Too. I'm going to do the reads now. <laughs> what anyway. is this segue segueing to? <laughs> Guys, this Thursday, March 30th, 2017, at 7 p.m. at Montreal Improv Theatre. In Montreal. Yeah. You should go check out Too Many Cooks. Too Many Cooks is a narrative comedy improvisation show where two teams of improvisers combine forces to make one single cohesive story. Nice. Can they do it? Or will Too Many Cooks spoil the broth? Oh! Oh! Guys. Nice. You should go. It's going to be fun. I'm hosting. Dog's Breakfast is opening. I, I have a question. <laughs> I have a Go question. Yeah, is uh, is your reading of of that uh, a good example of how cohesive the stories get? Because if so, I'm not going. Uh, no, the stories are going to be a lot more cohesive than my reading. Good. Yeah. Okay. I didn't have a dad, so I don't <laughs> know how to read. Well, I I don't. My dad's not the one who taught me how to read. Your dad's also not the one who taught me how to read. Correct. <laughs> 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 Blame uh, Simon's dad for everything. Hey, my dad's a very nice man. I mean, lots of nice men have been responsible for horrible things, Simon. Lots of nice men didn't teach me how to read. Hitler was a nice man. (laughs) That's not true. That's not true at all. (laughs) He was a farty man, apparently, though. (laughs) So guys, go go see a party man. Go see Too Many Cokes, March thirtieth, six six dollars or free if you're a Montreal Improv member. Uh, 
We're not calling them students anymore because the membership is different now. Oh, okay. So if you're a Montreal Improv member, it's free. Otherwise, it's $6. Tickets at the door. You should come. It's going to be good. It's going to be fun. Cool. Guys, we are in the middle of a financial crisis right now. <laughs> are we? Uh, our financial crisis is that we are not making quite as much money off our show as we were before we started recording this episode. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <sub> <laughs> <tweet>. So, uh... <laughs> Guys, the way that we make money is with Patreon.com. Patreon.com is a crowd farting platform. <laughs> <laughs> just a lot of crop dusting happening. Just a lot of people just letting one rip and walking away. You ever been to a convention and you're walking around on the convention hall floor and yeah. it smells like everyone's farting yeah. at the same time? We, Guys, yeah. Patreon is like that, except instead of farts, you give us money. Nice. Uh, and even the smallest fart helps. Uh, so you can go to Patreon.com slash up for discussion to pledge to give us as little as a fart a month if you give us five farts a month uh, you can suggest things for us to talk about on the show uh, and for tonight's episode Kendallin who does that has it, asked you, it, us to it, talk your about eyes looked like there was a little bit of doubt in how to pronounce that name no nope, like, Kendallin I just briefly forgot what her question was <laughs> Uh, let yeah. me just lean over here. And, it's, uh, it's, it was the check. exact same eyes uh, as that an actor has when they forget their line partway through. A, you get a uh, line, a line. The look yeah. of terror. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Patreon question today comes from Kendallin, who wants to know uh, how have Quebec's separatist roots affected you personally? Patreon.com slash up for discussion. Uh, Give us separatist money. roots? She's Yeah, so like Jimmy Fallon and the separatist roots. <laughs> 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 she's she's going for the, the low ball. Eh? Low ball? Low ball. Low ball. Yeah, lowball. Do, uh, do you have a lowball experience of separatism in Quebec? I I may not be using that expression properly. <laughs> <laughs> is a, a lowball is like an easy question, right? Is it? Is it? Is it? Is that is that a lowball? I thought it was. A lowball. A lowball is when you you throw <laughs> low uh, in the hopes that they're going to swing. It's harder for them to bat it out of the park when they're swinging from low. I thought a low ball is like, like when you throw an underhand, so it's a lot easier. I think you're talking about a, a <laughs> like slow a pitch. Softball. We might be talking about different sports. Maybe. <laughs> I think I disagree with the premise that it's an easy question I to think answer. We're, I think we're both talking about bat ball. Guys, right? I think we're talking about Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, if you would like to get your own bat ball, you can go to tpublic.com. Yeah. I, I guess I guess <laughs> buy some t-shirts, some posters, order some now. Buttons, don't don't forget next next week mugs. the next episode that comes out will come out with a t-shirt a and new if you want to purchase that. If you hear the the episode, you will get a free t-shirt. That's not That's how it works. Nope. You you just have to no. listen to it and Tom will personally mail you a free T-shirt. I don't Two know about one. that. Simon has been overruled. <laughs> if, uh, if you go to Patreon.com uh, and pledge us, I believe thirty dollars a month, you will get a free T-shirt. Yeah. So that's an option. So, cool. guys, well, how has separatism affected you? I, I, I there's a part of me that feels like it would have been it would affect you guys more than me having grown up ang- Anglophone in Quebec. Let's turn it because over to our guest, perhaps. Uh-oh. <laughs> see, see what he has to say, and we can jump off from there. Hmm, okay. It has... The only way it has affected me personally is in my identity crisis that I had uh-huh. maybe like seven years ago. Okay. okay. Not, a, not a big identity crisis, but it's just if someone has to put a label on me, what are you? What's your nationality? Or are you Greek? Are you Canadian? Are you Quebec? Or are you... Essentially, I'm Canadian. 
Okay. Right. I came to that realization yeah. lately. Mm. It has to do with my values, has to do with the music I listen to, has to do with my humor, has to do with uh, what well, else? If if that's if that's what it yeah. what it relies on, then I'm definitely Papua New Guinean. Oh, you are? Yeah. You sure? Because you didn't really <laughs> pronounce that very confidently. <laughs> One of the markers of identity is knowing how to say it. <laughs> Papua New, New Gu- 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 Guinea. <laughs> Papua yeah. New Guinea. But, but, but you're so, you're so a Papua New Guinea. New Guinea. So you're, you're Daphne's dad. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I mean, check it out. I'm a person right. who looks very, very far into the future, like yeah. like absurdly far into the future. Not because I'm clairvoyant. That's not what I mean. I mean, what is the outcome of certain situations mm. that we think that now are so tragic or important? Uh, when I was young, I always used to say that Ugh, these troubles are so pitiful uh, around us. I wonder what it's like to have uh, tea on Pluto. Okay, when when it was a planet. Okay, back then. <laughs> Yeah. Now, now it's now never going to happen. It's not a planet anymore. I know, I know. Can't have tea on something if it's not a planet. <laughs> Probably be frozen. <laughs> the only, I mean, the only place we have tea is on a planet. Because so. the only place we have tea is on public. 100% of the tea is drunk on a planet. So, True story. Uh, ask, uh, what's his name? The mustached uh, astronaut. Uh, Chris Hadfield. Oh, yeah, Chris Hadfield. Ask him. I think uh, he had tea in a spaceship. Well, yeah. 100% of the planets have tea. <laughs> there is a teapot orbiting Mars. But what what do you consider being on the planet? Because if you hop a, an inch off the ground, are I you think still you, on planet I would Earth? say if you're still in the gravitational field of it. Do you usually hop while drinking tea? <laughs> <laughs> I, gener- tea I generally so avoid energy. hopping yeah. when drinking tea. I hope that answers your question, Candelin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so but you, you were saying crisis. about clairvoyance? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's just that, listen, saying 100,000 years, okay? Mm-hmm. That's what I mean, being absurd. In 100,000 years, ooh, is this issue going to matter? It won't. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it will have dissipated. So let's work backwards from there and think, how is it going to evolve from the issues that we have now into the future? And mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people are... Um, uh, hung down what's it called or yeah and then we kept back hung up, yeah. hung up exactly hung like a horse no. <laughs> that's too by the way <laughs> no but they're held back from ideas having to do with the past and past mm-hmm. issues and history and all. You, you know what you have to let go of these things keeping in mind that some people maybe do have aggressive attitudes like Nicki Minaj as I think of her mm-hmm. but Wrongly, wrongly so. Um, but yeah, a lot of people do have some aggressive behaviors, but strictly based on history. And I mm. I can't like that. And I'm, I don't know. I think a bit too much into the future. So mm. how has it affected me? Only pushing me further mm. into the future. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. I, yeah. I think I think like history affects... Mm. History is important as much as it affects the present, right? I think history is to be taken in account the same way that psychology can be studied. What I mean is that it's relevant uh, on no it reveals something about the behavior of people psychology will be more relevant for the individual and i think history is more relevant about the collective behaviors of people and more than that my i really can't see any mm. more use than that right but but i think like it can tell you where you're going mm. or like it can inform the future right it's like it's like that scene in the lion and king where, where Rafiki hits the, hits him over the head and he's like 
Hey, what are you, are you doing? He's no, like, well, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's in the past. Well, Why it still hurts, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 like, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, of course. Doesn't mean it doesn't yeah, have yeah, any yeah. effect. But but I think specifically that uh, that element, uh, the hit that you received, reveals a lot about the person that you're in front of. Like, avoid that person because mm. they hit me. Mm. But not that. Oh, he hit me. I'm gonna have to get seek like vengeance or something. No, no, no. You know what? Protect yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I disagree. I think if someone hits you, you should seek vengeance. <laughs> oh, I would. I would. But you know, you, punch for a punch, yeah. kick for a kick. That dog was hope, etc. <laughs> you could think of it as affecting the future. It's like, well, that per- yeah. if I hit that person back, they'll mm. probably not hit people anymore. Mm. Do dominoes fall back on the domino that fell on them? Oh, that's not. I, I don't know what you're. Why you're oh. going? Oh, because you no, they don't. Burnt. <laughs> they paid yep, forward. So you're saying you should hit somebody else? Yeah, uh, there it is. <laughs> I think we figured out how to end violence, <laughs> guys. I mean, if like eventually, right? Okay, domino chains, right? Yep. Eventually, it reaches the last domino. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. eventually, once will- everyone's been punched, <laughs> <laughs> nobody will punch anybody else. And at some point, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to punch each other, and when they fall over, they'll turn into the Mona Lisa, and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I do yeah. think it's important to get punched at some point in your life. I Most I, people go through yeah. it in like elementary mm-hmm. or high school, but I think if you're an adult and you've never been punched, you, you need to get punched. Well, yeah, like John Green has that great story of uh, the punch that changed his life, <laughs> where he... Um, Available in bookstores now. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, so he, he was dating this girl in college and for like six months or something. And then uh, she broke up with him and he was like destroyed. He could not get over it for months and months on end. And he was visiting, I think like his cousin in Chicago. Hank and Green. Something like that. And uh, he was he was in the back of the car with his cousin and his cousin's girlfriend or something. And it was like months after the breakup and he was still moping and still just could not get over it. And his cousin turned around and just clocked him in the face. Just right on the nose. And the second that happened, he was like, oh, I'm being an idiot. And then he got over it. Hmm. I think I think some people just like some people need a good punch in the face. That's a very John Green reaction, though, because a lot of people's response to getting punched in the face is, as previously mentioned, to go punch other people. (laughs) Here's here's the thing. I think it needs to be at the right moment and by the right person. Hmm. Right. Because if I'm being a dick Mm -hmm. and a stranger punches me. That's not going to help. But if I was being a dick and Tom punched me, that would be different. Have I ever punched you? No. I didn't think so. No. But I think like, you know, if if I ever became like really self-entitled and, you know, very self-important and stuff and I was going off on a rant about something really ridiculous and you just, you know, clocked me, I feel like I I would get the message. That That would very clearly send the message and I would probably hear it. Have you just given me permission to at some point in the future? <laughs> when it is the correct time, if it feels right. Before the end of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the slap bet from uh, How I Met Your Mother. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's hmm. that? There's a... There's what a, was there's that? A, there's you watched that show, show more than oh, yeah. I did. Yeah. So um, f- for some reason, Barney lost a bet and... He uh, the the bet was that if if Barney lost it, um, what's it? Marshall could slap him like five times, but he chose when those slaps would happen, and so the slaps just happened over the course of the rest of the show, like seasons and seasons apart. Um, it was pretty like it, it was just, it was a really good running joke of like, uh, 
I think there's some point there's like a like a Thanksgiving episode where uh, Marshall started off started off like a, a slap countdown. Oh yeah, it was Slapsgiving. Yeah, Slapsgiving. And so like <laughs> he told he gave him like plenty of war like like twenty four hours of warning or something. And uh, Barney's just slowly going crazy. And yeah, it's pretty good. But yeah, Tom, I give you permission. If one day it feels right, if one day I'm really being an asshole and I'm I'm not responding to anything else, you can punch me. Cool. Ideally, not on my perfect nose. No, no. And your nose that's well proportioned. <laughs> your face. Especially as an actor, I need my face. I wouldn't go for the face. I'd go like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're something low in the you know. solar plexus. <laughs> you would you'd lowball me. I'd get you saying. in the tub. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think a lowball is the easy version when it's a punch. <laughs> I'm talking about I'm talking yeah. about tummy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, because then maybe you'd do a puke. I don't no. Want that. no. You might also you know rip some of his internal organs. Probably not. I'm not that strong. No. <laughs> like I've Houdini. got pretty good abs. I've got pretty good abs too. Punch him in the butt. That's the safest place. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think. I don't it's think the, so. it's your largest muscle. It can <laughs> yeah. absorb the most. Force. Oh, okay. On the buttocks. Okay. Yeah. Like not, not, like, yeah, 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 yeah. not, not in the butt. Exactly. You know. No. On the butt. That's a different circumstance. Yeah. I think it wouldn't even leave a bruise. I think it wouldn't. You can bruise. Yeah, but the butt not. You can bruise butts. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've bruised butts. Yeah. <laughs> fall real hard. Well, that sounds very, very, very mm. interesting. More details, please. My own, <laughs> primarily. Yeah. No, but, but seriously, meh. Yeah. Charlie horses on the thigh. Yeah, there's a bruise, <laughs> but the butt. There. You ever taken a horse to the butt? No, 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 um, no. What? No. I'll, so, I'll, I'll make sure to put it on my, <laughs> on my bucket list. Yeah. So Quebec separatism. Yeah. To I. I mean, I grew up francophone, and so mm-hmm. I grew up. With a lot of people who, a lot of Francophones who, some of them were, yeah. um, uh, yeah, separatists and other ones weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, sovereignist, I think, is the yeah. word that that is preferred in French, at least. Yeah, um, yeah. sovereignist. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, <clears throat> it hasn't really affected me personally. Yeah. But n- like now that I'm that most of my social circles are are people who are Anglophone and from other parts mm-hmm. of Canada, um, I can see how this like underlying hostility toward English Canada exists and it's pervasive throughout people like very unconsciously Mm -hmm. or perhaps quite consciously, but like, you know, um, like, you know, so if, if someone doesn't quite speak French or is trying to, but they're having trouble, um, a French Canadian, a French Quebecer will, is is very likely to get very annoyed. Yeah. Despite the fact that they're learning, despite the fact that they're trying Mm -hmm. and they're, you know, like they it's I hear that a lot of people who um, like in this, they'll, they'll go to a restaurant, for example, and they're trying to order in French and the waiter who is francophone gets exasperated mm-hmm. um, and even something. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just in small things like that, I think is, is what I've seen it. And I'm just graduating from Concordia in acting mm-hmm. and uh, I'm going to try to to um, dabble in both worlds and both the French and the English mm-hmm. uh, uh, communities. But what I've heard a lot is that if you went to an English school to study acting, it's a lot harder to go into the French world. Even if you're bilingual, even if yeah. you're francophone, right. if you like, if you if you studied in English, you almost have to like prove that you're francophone. Right. Um, right. And that's like that, that's a that's just an old wound. Like for a really yeah. really long time, all culture related stuff in Quebec was run by anglophones. Like Place des Arts was yeah. run by anglophone people. All the like. 
like big directors of big French theater companies were anglophone, right. you know? And so mm. for a long time, um, uh, yeah, there was like f- Francophones in Quebec didn't have their own artistic or cultural autonomy. And so it can feel a little bit like if you're going from the French to the English, you're kind of, there's a sense of betrayal to that. Mm. Um, or like you're, you're crossing over to the enemy. Uh-huh. Uh, like, like even though that's not how some people would say it, they still feel like, Oh, you studied at Concordia. Yeah. Oh, hmm. you know, I wish you'd studied at, you can, right? Yeah. Wish you'd studied at, uh, it, yeah, it can or whatever, right? Um, I had I had this debate with one of my ex colleagues that if you take Atlantic United States, uh, uh, what's it called, the um, Eastern East, Seaboard? Uh, uh, that's it, exactly, like Massachusetts and New Hampshire and all that, and you actually think of them as being Quebecers who speak English. Uh, I'm wondering how compatible that idea is with saying that, for instance, the Quebec identity is different from the Alberta identity, mm. let's say. Okay, we're, yeah. we're both in Canada, but there are some cultural differences, right? The same way there's differences between people who live in Montreal and people who live in Longueuil. Mm. And yeah. I was just wondering Fuck that... Longueuil. <laughs> <laughs> Except their hair. <laughs> the legendary Coupe Longueuil. But <laughs> do you see what I mean? That yeah. I'm just yeah, wondering yeah, yeah. that if, if you took the Quebec mm. spirit, whatever it is, okay, the, the sovereign spirit mm. of Quebec... And you actually translated it in English speaking, okay? Would it yeah. become like the East Coast of North America? I maybe. I'm, mm, I'm maybe. just wondering because you see the architecture, you see the spirit, you see the values, yeah. And they are different from let's say mm. the West Coast or or um, the prairies. And yeah, I was having this debate. Uh, she 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 uh, being uh, being uh, <laughs> a couplonge really really wrong. It's a a, a, a is a mullet. It's, it's, it's just a mullet. Okay. It's the main thing that makes me regret going bald. Okay? <laughs> I will never ever ever be able to have a couplonge. Oh, I thought I, I thought you, you were saying that like the last the last haircut you had was a couplonge and then you no. went bald. Yeah. So like that's your last memory the last trace no, that i'll never be able <laughs> it wasn't my project okay? it wasn't my project to have a couple of gay you know yeah, but it's just it would yeah. be nice to have the option i get it exactly I get that. that's exactly. how i feel about dreadlocks which i think yeah. as a white man i should not ever have dreadlocks <laughs> <Good point. laughs> however i had super long hair in high school right. and there's a part of me that wishes i had done it just so that i could Say now be like it. i had dreadlocks in high school yeah waist long <laughs> hair uh like oh. mid-back I beat you to it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And this. now I'm bald. <laughs> it's more convenient. Maybe that's why. Admit. Maybe you just grew out all the hair you had, and now it's exactly. That's how it works, exactly. right? Yeah. You get a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a finite yeah. amount of hair. It's like a quota, a quota <laughs> of length. I mean, I guess that is kind of how it works, right? Yeah, but I think everyone's is different. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think everyone has the same amount, and it's like dependent on how many haircuts you get. It's kind of like women's <laughs> eggs, right? Yeah. Or, or the number of heartbeats you have in your lifetime. Guys, no, you might not know. That can't be, no. Yeah, that's no. why you should what? not do exercise. Oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah, that, that bears out in the statistics. The less yeah. exercise you do, longer you live. I yeah. straight up had a moment where I thought you were serious. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but there was a theory like that, like in the 1500s or, oh, 1500s or something. Mm. And I think there's even an app now. I guess that was back when all the people who yeah. did exercise were also the people who labored and died of like various <laughs> God, There's things. your explanation for dying. Yeah. It's, it's not malnutrition. It's not poverty. No, no. It's not the number of heartbeats. It's yeah. working. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. their own fault for working mm-hmm. so hard. They should have been like, you? like us royals. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there is a coherent like Quebec culture that you can talk about? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I feel like so. Yeah. 
so often I like there's this divide between city and mm-hmm. country, right? Mm-hmm. That like, do you do you think that Quebec culture is like there are elements that are really common between say Montreal yeah. and I don't know yeah. Val d'Or mm-hmm. or For like sure. yeah. Eastern sure. townships? Like, there's something mm-hmm. that actually coheres. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very interesting question because I just thought that maybe there's more similarities between, let's say, Longueuil and Hawkesbury than <laughs> there are between. <laughs> you, you, you've ever been to Hawkesbury? I mean, it's I, I've been there and it's very, mm-hmm. it's a suburb mm-hmm. kind of city. I can, I think it's anglophone. Yeah, it is. Uh, a suburb of, of where? Like Ontario, once okay. you cross the border. Well, let's suburb call, of there, Ontario. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because, Isn't all of Ontario a suburb of Toronto? <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 hold, hold on, hold on. It's like Vaudreuil, like it's a city, yeah. but it's all suburb. Right. Yeah. Ah, there you go, good example, mm. actually. Similarities between Vaudreuil and, uh, and Longueuil. But, okay, we're going to take Cornwall, okay, because I clearly mm. know that it's in Ontario. Sure. Hawkesbury, I think it straddles uh, mm. the border between Quebec and uh, Ontario. Yeah. But maybe there's more cultural similarities between residents of Ho- of uh, Cornwall and, or Condiac, there you go, not to say mm. Longueuil, than there are between um Montreal and Quebec City or Trois-Rivières. Sure. Mm. But I think that's like, you're going to see that everywhere, right? Like it's like cities, like metropolitan areas are going to be similar to each other. And rural areas are going to be similar to each other. But I I think like even if the only thing that is Uh um, um, the common, even if the only common thread is the the identity of Québécois, like that is like when it's there, it's really strong. Mm. And someone who lives in the plateau but identifies really strongly as Quebecois will like really can really really relate on that mm-hmm. level with someone who lives in like Val d'Or or mm-hmm. in I don't know uh Saint-Jean-sur-Richelieu or, or like Vancouver but they're Quebecois yeah yeah, okay. yeah okay, exactly so, like, and I think even if that is the only thread yeah even if that's it mm-hmm. it's still strong and people s- still really take that to heart yeah. Okay, but so, a shared culture yeah. tends to have like shared aesthetics and shared values. Yeah, and, like, yeah. Like so that's what you would you know if you were going to try to define mm-hmm. what a culture is, you would define it in those terms. Mm-hmm. So like, do you think there are like values specific or more elevated to Quebec culture than say English Montreal yeah. or the Eastern Seaboard of? You you just planted a or... huge question mark in my mind. No. <laughs> a very very huge question. Like, mark. what does it actually stand on? Yeah. So I think yeah. it, language. I think it's language. I can, that's a big part of it. Yeah. yeah. Like if I can speak to this as an anglophone. Yeah. I don't feel a strong cultural identity as an anglophone. It's just a thing that I am. Yeah. Whereas most like Quebecois francophones here feel a strong identity. Yeah, I, th- that, right? I think you identify to a group if you want to, right. period. Yeah. Sure, yeah. It really is, like a sports team or something. You you decide which yeah. one you, you mm. like or not. But no, you know what? The parallel that I'm thinking of now is like the um, the Arabic world. You know, when you speak to Moroccan people and you speak to Iraqi people, the Occident will see them like, ah, oh, Arab. When you speak to them about they're their identity, so they're uh, uh, completely yeah. different the way they perceive one another and whatever. But yeah. still, we see it at the Arab world. And even they see that, yeah, no, there is something that unites us. We have both religion and language. Mm. So maybe that's basically what it is when you talk mm. about Quebec culture. It's like primordial, primordially the language. Yeah. But it and, may also be uh, like what we were talking about before, the leftovers of history. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Like the yes. There's, a, there's definitely a really, really strong yeah. sense of that. Like I've, I've spoken to, um, 
I, I remember in when I was in Sejap, I had a friend who was like a really, really strong mm-hmm. sovereignist. Mm-hmm. Um, Just muscles everywhere. <laughs> like she really, really passionately <laughs> believed in, in weightlifting, in the separation of Quebec from Canada. Uh-huh. And like I, you know, I at the, at the time I had a lot of friends from outside of mm-hmm. outside of Quebec. And like she just really genuinely believed that like no good art was being done outside of Canada. Okay. Or I mean outside of Quebec. Like yeah, there wasn't yeah. any like 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 music outside of Canada stayed in mm-hmm. you know yeah music there stayed yeah. there and it wasn't really all that good whereas like we do a lot more things than they do. She like genuinely yeah. believed that. And yeah. <clears throat> well Hamilton didn't exist yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um but yeah I don't know it was just very it was very interesting to hear yeah. that and how there is I, and but I think like the like the more I asked her about it, the uh-huh. more she kind of started to really think about it, mm-hmm. and maybe like like I over over the course of the like our our, our friendship, um, which ended brutally. Oh, no, yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, she I just, was I just, really I just, strong, and she just, punched us <laughs> <laughs> at the right moment. Yeah. Um, no, I just realized the saying yeah. like over the course of our friendship that makes yeah. it sound like it at some point it just ended, but yeah. like um, I don't know, like I, I her position softened a little bit, okay. and and there was a sense of like. M- you know, maybe there is a possibility of like collaborating mm-hmm. with people from English Canada, yeah, um, much more than than at the beginning. And I think it's just kind of realizing, like, yeah, I guess English Canada does like do stuff, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and the, like a, a strong sense um, or a, a very strong sort of self identity in yeah. being Quebecois is yeah. also being not Canadian. Hmm. Yeah, but, but I think oof. both both the like the isolationist streak in Quebec society, and the, there is some. Um, Certainly. And the protection of the language, which is sort of part of that as well, like keeping keeping different things out by keeping mm-hmm. this like French culture like those are those are about pro- like policing the borders of this society and the values that you have. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're, they're more like. Like protect like you have to be protecting a thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I guess you, like you, 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 the thing you're protecting can't be that you like protecting your thing. Like it has to be something else. <laughs> but like some, sometimes I kind of feel like that's what it's becoming. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what it's turning into. The thing you itself know? is the thing you're fighting for. Yeah, and not the cause for which you. No, yeah, you stand. Yeah, exactly. Right. And because there's like some some regions of like you know you you were right. Like some regions of Quebec are totally different than other regions. And yeah. if you go really really far east, yeah, you you it really does feel like New Brunswick. Yeah. And it really does feel like um, Nova Scotia, yeah. you know, um, mm-hmm. like like that will be a lot more similar than someone who lives in Quebec City or someone who lives in Lac Saint Jean. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is still like at least that sense of Quebecois identity, and I think that for a long time, um, it yeah, like people weren't allowed, or at least felt like they weren't allowed to identify as Quebecois, yeah, um, and to express that identity, um, and so as a result, th- that um, like now that they can. Or when when they became allowed mm-hmm. to, it came out really really strongly and very aggressively. Hmm. Um, and it's like the there's a they're starting to recover from that. Like I'm sensing, mm-hmm. you know, even just something as simple as like the fact that a lot of people are immigrating here um, and then grow yeah. up. You know, like you go to school and you're surrounded with like Moroccan people and you're surrounded with like mm-hmm. people who moved from England and someone yeah. else who moved from Egypt and someone else who moved from Zimbabwe and you just they're just all you just get to see like how everybody's kind of the same and then the ways that they're different are just very cool differences and not anything to be scared of or threatened mm-hmm. by yeah. um and <coughs> the the divide in language is is also like lessening 
Yeah. But it's there's still a sense in some circles there's still a sense of of threat, you know, mm-hmm. just because for a long time you weren't allowed to be um, French Quebecois. Doesn't it go a little bit close to that um, new s- study? I don't know if it's new or not, but when you try to convince another person of something that's true and they don't believe in it, uh, the more you try to convince them, even with the most convincing arguments, yeah, they offer even yeah. more resistance. Mm-hmm. So the more you tell a person, yeah. like, nah, you gotta, you gotta be open. You gotta. Yeah. What what is it? It's like pathos versus logos or something. Or like. Yeah, I, I think that's yeah. what it is. Or ethos. Oh. Some, I don't know. Oikos. Uh, that's what it is. Yeah. If you just oh, give, circle. give them, <laughs> give them some some nice tasty yogurt, and they will come over. Bury them waist deep in sand. Yeah. When the world crumbles. There's always yogurt. There is always yogurt. Some true. men just want to watch the world drown in yogurt. Mm, I there, do. That's, I would put myself in that category. Worst ways to go. I, yeah. <laughs> not, not strawberry yogurt. It oh. tastes like iron. Like I, That's hmm, a really what? specific it taste. It tastes <laughs> like iron. It does. I, I don't I, disagree. I do disagree. Let's fight. Tim needs a punch I'll, in the I'll, I'll, I'll give you compelling arguments that I, strawberry yogurt tastes like iron. I wonder if there's something about how like strawberries just oxidize faster in dairy. Or how can something. you give me a compelling argument for whether something tastes like something else? It's like we'll get, in, we'll get into the this molecular is the, the most like per, subjective perception <laughs> thing in the world. It's like trying to tell me that red is a better color than blue. Like it's not gonna work. <laughs> Yeah, Colorum gustam non disputandum. Back to it, Latin. It, Colors it, and taste yeah. are not I'll tell you to what I'll discussed. do. I'll, I'll taste another. Does it have to be a particular kind of strawberry yogurt? Or will any strawberry yogurt do? <laughs> so I will go, next time <laughs> yeah. I taste strawberry yogurt, yeah. I will tell you if I agree with you. But if I agree yeah. with you, you did not convince me. Yeah. And if I disagree <laughs> with you, you cannot convince me. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be impossible. But seriously, no, it's been a taste that I disacquired maybe the last five years. Huh. You know, because normally you acquire a taste, but this is the inverse. I may usually. Or maybe you acquired the taste of iron. Right? Maybe you couldn't taste the iron before and now you can. <laughs> Did you start biting your cheeks a lot? <laughs> Maybe you've just been eating blood yogurt. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's strawberry, but it's actually pieces of flesh. Yeah. Yeah. Blood yogurt, that's my metal band. Blood yogurt sounds like (laughs) Yeah. Liver yogurt would be interesting. No. Nope. Nope. Nobody here loves liver. Guys, that's all the time we have for our show. (laughs) (laughs) I'm done now. (laughs) Liver came into the equation. I'm finished. Punch Simon in the liver. (laughs) It grows back. It's fine. Um, not the worst idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you'd yeah. like to punch Simon in the liver, go to Patreon. You can, you can follow him on. <laughs> if you, you can follow him in real life, and also on Twitter at Know the Other Simon. You can follow Tom at Tom's Latinite. You can follow me at Acapella Science. Are you on Twitter? Uh, yes, I am. What is your Twitter handle? At Play the Mind. At, at Play, Play the, the Mind. Mind, and you can find Alex's brilliant videos at YouTube.com/slash Play the Mind. Um, and you can donate to us at patreon.com slash up for discussion. And if you donate to us $35 or more, Tom will punch me in the liver. <laughs> I'm going to do that. No, not you. Tom. <laughs> I mean, it's an option. Tom no. punches me in the liver. Tim, you don't have $35. I've, I'll <laughs> pledge it. I'll get it later. <laughs> How many Pascals? Hmm? How many uh, Pascals? We've never had a Pascal two, on, the, two, on the podcast before. Two Pascals. <laughs> We'd be open to it. 
punch me on the liver at two pascals. Two pascals. Yeah. Go to two pascals dot com. Slash up for discussion. Contribute to the liver punch fund. I guess that's it then. Yeah. Tim, are you gonna play us out? Nope. Cool. Bye. See you next week. Episode 100 next week. Tune we- in. Woo. And you will, uh, next week we will interview a real 100-year-old. Me. <laughs> <laughs>